Welcome market participants to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. We're coming to you a day early as we wind down into a much needed holiday weekend. This week our three things are, one, security. A new world order demands it and it touches several sectors in credit markets. Two, sinking surveys. Watch what they do, not what they say, is being tested. And three, corporate pricing power. Watch out for consumers voting with their feet. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. There's lots of talk about a new world order emerging. The catalyst, of course, has been Russia's invasion of Ukraine, an event that has galvanized the West and pushed rest of world to figure out where it stands. But war is not the only catalyst. Technology and its ability to disrupt businesses and redefine the commercial landscape and societies is also leaving a mark. Energy is in an existential transition, which has profound implications for the ultimate geopolitical weapon. And now, of course, we also have to factor in pandemics as something that is influencing world order. Who is managing that risk and who isn't? The common need running through all of this is security, how countries can gain an upper hand in managing their own security. For credit markets, there will be a wind at the back of sectors and names that fit into this security theme. Under this umbrella, we think of five sectors, energy, food, defense, cyber, and healthcare. Getting control of these and accentuating these has become a matter of strategic priority, if not imperative. In energy, there will likely be more investor support for fossil fuel firms, which we'll talk about in a moment, as well as continued development of clean energy alternatives. Food producers, especially those with domestically focused operations, should see increased development. Defense contractors have seen a resurgence in interest as geopolitical risks have grown and figure to remain elevated for the foreseeable future. Cybersecurity will only grow in importance as rogue states prioritize cyber attacks. And tangential to cybersecurity is semiconductors, where onshoring manufacturing capability is a critical strategic initiative. And in healthcare, owning medical equipment and supplies manufacturing, as well as pharmaceuticals, is necessary to maximize value of public-private partnerships and build requisite preparedness against the next healthcare crisis in this increasingly connected world. As an aside, we're curious as to how investor perceptions related to ESG might prove to be fluid when evaluating some of these sectors. Is a defense contractor a maker of lethal weapons that promote war, or are they preserving freedom? Do oil and gas producers promote energy independence and a smooth energy transition, or are they a threat to the environment? Are device manufacturers enhancing human connectivity or promoting substandard working conditions and climate risk through their global supply chains? Intuitively, we know that few industries or firms are clear-cut when it comes to ESG, but it does strike us as interesting to see how certain industries and firms' fortunes can change in the face of changing investor preferences when it comes to ESG. In any event, the need for strategic security across these key sectors should be a wind at the back of those companies well-positioned to deliver just that. All right, on to our second thing, 
sinking surveys. A time-worn adage in investing and elsewhere is, don't pay attention to what they say, pay attention to what they do. And to some extent, that adage is held up as consumer spending and commercial vitality has remained relatively robust, even though sentiment has been sinking. Now that said, four surveys out this week caught our eye from Fannie Mae, the National Federation of Independent Business, that's the NFIB, the Association of Small Business Owners, Bank of America, and Harris, in conjunction with Bloomberg. All four painted a downbeat, if not historically so, picture of the economic climate. Before I get accused of being a Debbie Downer, I'm not finding surveys that fit a particular narrative. It just feels like consumer and commercial sentiment has turned decidedly negative. Now let's start with Fannie Mae's National Housing Survey, where respondents were asked if the economy is on the right track. 73% said no, the economy is on the wrong track. That's the highest level in all of the pandemic era and the highest level since the height of the euro crisis back in 2011. A record 25% of respondents expected their personal financial situation to get worse over the next 12 months. That figure typically is in the mid-teens. Fear of losing a job, however, did break out, as just 11% were concerned. In the spring of 2020, that figure was in the mid-20% area. And as we reported last week, a record 73% felt this is a bad time to buy a house. Sentiment in this survey mirrors that seen in the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, where the current sentiment and expectations components both hit the lowest level since 2011. The NFIB Small Business Optimism Index for March came out, and it was the lowest since the beginning of the pandemic. Its expectations component, those expecting the economy to improve, hit a record low for the survey, which goes back to 1973, at a net negative of 49%. The Trade Association commented, with inflation, an ongoing staffing shortage, and supply chain disruptions, small business owners remain pessimistic about their future business conditions. Bloomberg asked Harris pollsters to take the temperature of American consumers as it relates to inflation, about 84% of Americans plan to cut back on spending as a result of higher prices. And the poll found that half of respondents use the perception of higher prices as a reason they did not buy something, even when that goods or services price was not higher. And finally, Bank of America's Global Fund Manager survey showed that global growth optimism among institutional investors hit an all-time low, a net negative 71%. But here's the important context for these surveys. As we move into the great deceleration, where fiscal stimulus turns to fiscal drag, and where two new shocks, war in Europe and worse than expected inflation, are being absorbed, the direction of travel is clear. We are headed into a weaker economy. That is well known, looking at these surveys, broadly known. But here is where we remind market participants of the starting point, extraordinarily strong economic growth. The path toward normalization is one where economic growth is weakening, it is decelerating. Whether or not we fall off a cliff is to be determined, and that is likely to become clearer as we head into 2023. It's not time to panic today. All right, on to our third thing, consumer pushback. 
One thing that is very clear is that consumers really don't like inflation, especially when wages are not keeping up. To that end, real average weekly earnings have fallen for the past six months from the prior month and eight of the past nine. With headline inflation running hot, 8.5% hot, this is the recipe for demand destruction. And that is happening before the Fed really derails the party by tightening financial conditions. And much has been made of companies being able to push across their higher costs to consumers, and the recent margin data confirms this. Taking the S&P 500, operating margin hovered between 14 and 15% in the five years prior to the pandemic. In 2021, that figure jumped to 15.6%, and in 2022, that jumped again to 16.5%. And for what it's worth, it is forecast to jump yet again in 2023 to 16.9%. Does that make sense? Into headwinds of a significant growth deceleration, significant tightening of financial conditions, and significantly depressed sentiment, margins are supposed to rise to historic highs? Moreover, consensus earnings for the S&P 500 are forecast to rise year over year in every quarter through 2023, despite the fact that economic growth is expected to slow from an estimated 3.2% in 2022 to an estimated 2.2% in 2023. So where is there evidence of demand destruction? Well, it is worth mentioning that in the NFIB survey referenced above, a net positive 72% of respondents raised prices over the past three months, while a net 50% plan to raise prices in the future. And we see consumers balking at the high prices of cars, both new and used, and homes. Used car prices tumbled in the latest CPI report, and new car prices are softening. We are seeing similar trends in a variety of other categories, which has caused many prognosticators to opine that we are now at peak inflation. Now, according to the aforementioned Harris poll conducted for Bloomberg, we know that the vast majority of Americans plan to cut back on spending as a result of higher prices. Popular targets for cutting? Eating out? Experiences such as concerts and sports events, along with driving. Obviously, energy prices remain a wild card tied to developments in the Russian-Ukrainian war. But impulse purchases were also cited as something people would like to cut back on. And that suggests that greater discipline and awareness is starting to seep into consumer spending habits, something that went missing apparently through the heavy stimulus period of the past couple of years. The point of all of this is that demand destruction is taking place as consumers come to grips with how their financial wherewithal is changing in a back-to-normal world, and that should mean a more tempered outlook for corporate margins and earnings growth than is currently forecast. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, security. A new world order demands it, and several sectors in credit markets stand to benefit. Two, sinking surveys. Eventually, deteriorating sentiment is going to leave a mark. And three, corporate pricing power. It's been strong, but that is not likely to last. Watch for corporate earnings growth to weaken as a result. As always, Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. Enjoy the holiday weekend. And see you next week.